We're recording. We're recording live. But yeah, quickly scrolling. That's funny. I got I found my Final Fantasy screenshots. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to make a sticker of um I can't think of his name. It's like Ult- Ultimos. Uh, he's like the octopus from Final Fantasy seven or six. Have you played? I know we've talked about this. I just don't remember. Uh, he's like no, Ultimos. I've, only, just, I've only played four. Okay. He uh in six there's like the. Re- I feel like every Final Fantasy game has it where there's like the repeating characters. Like uh, in Chrono Chrono Cross, it was Salt and Pepper or Pepper. Um, just like those repeat those villains that you just run into repeatedly. Oh, their whole yeah. point is more or less just to teach you how to fight. Um, and they're just kind of like weird pseudo bosses every so often. Like they're never too difficult to beat. And that's kind of what this ultimate. Ult- Ultimos or Ult, I can't think of his name now. Uh, he's but he's an octopus, and at first you run into him in the river, in, or in a river, and then you run into him again at a theater. <laughs> he's like, like he wants to kidnap the actress, and then he sees that you're there, so he's like, oh, I'll just fight them instead. Uh, it's just he's a weird character. I com- I completely forgot for hmm, sorry, I completely forgot about Salt and Pepper. Yeah, they're just ridiculous little the soldiers. Yeah, in uh, Chrono, Chrono Cross. Yeah, you run into them when you first go through the mountains. Yeah, and they kind of and they and they just teach you basically how to use elements. I think. Yep. Yeah, I think you face them like between three to five times throughout the game. Yeah, and, and they're, I remember they're fine. I mean, that I think I think almost all of your uh, confrontations with them is story driven. Yeah. And yeah. 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 I think maybe the last one isn't because when you get when you uh, when you find when you have your final uh, uh, interaction with them, they're actually difficult bosses. I don't remember that. I do remember like once you beat them, they kind of like just give up and they're just like, let's quit. And they, leave, and yeah. they just leave. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I want to say I think one of the last interactions you have with them is that they're actually formidable bosses. Mm but yeah, I do very much remember when uh, you first meet them on the mountain pass. Yeah. Because they're blocking a way into poor, I think. Or yeah. I don't even know if it's poor, because I think mostly Chrono Trigger takes, or Chrono Cross takes place on yeah. the continent that you've never done. The poor army is like on their way or something, or they're sending a general. Because I think um, Glenn. There's like a soldier named Glenn. I think he's part of the poor army. He is, yes. Um, so like, yeah, they're kind of there, but yeah, it's it's an island that's not in the in Chrono Trigger. Um, yeah. But with that, maybe we should start the show. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So welcome to recording live. Uh, I'm Dexter, and with me is Matt. Uh, and that's it today. Just us. Um, so today, I think I don't know that we had an agenda uh, unless you had some things, but um. Just going to be another episode of us chatting, uh, I, I think, as far as I know. Uh, so I guess, yeah. Uh, what have What have you have you been up to? Anything? Uh, Any? uh, I'll, let me think. Uh, I'll try and think. Why don't you go ahead? What have you been up to? Uh, well, okay. So the last time we recorded, it was my birthday. Uh, so since then, I got a, a bunch of birthday money, um, and I spent that. I was going to go buy. Uh, a table saw because I, I decided I wanted to do some woodworking. Um, and so I bought a membership. I joined the maker, 
the Maker Alliance, uh, which is uh, Bob from I Like to Make Things. It's uh, the I Like to Make Things like membership program. Uh, so he calls it the Maker Alliance. And oh, you signed up for that? Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's um through Patreon. It's just five bucks a month, which I've been watching a lot of his videos anyway. And so I mean, I just figured I'd like to. I was, I think I was in the middle of watching one of his videos, and I saw a thing about Patreon, and so. I was just like, you know what, I'll go see about supporting him. I'll see what that is. Because I've been listening uh, to his podcasts, too. Uh, and so I've just, I just figured if I was going to give somebody money, he's somebody that I'd be happy to give money to. Uh, right. So I just wanted to go kind of see, I guess, what he had set up on Patreon. And I saw it was just five bucks to join the Maker Alliance. So I did that. So I'm on the Discord. I've They, they have some, some nice banter there, I suppose. They have... Um, and if anyone, I guess, is interested, there's like different channels for woodworking and metalsmithing and a bunch of different things and a lot of good support there. Just people helping each other out on projects and just um, just really friendly folks in there. Uh, a lot of YouTubers, uh, like maker YouTubers are kind of in there, it seems like. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I joined that. Uh, and then I went to go buy a table saw and uh, they were sold out. Like Home Depot had zero table saws. They no, that's that's wrong. They had one, and it was like six hundred dollars. And I was not going to spend that much on uh, a tool that I wasn't sure how much I was going to end up using it. Um, so instead, I ended up buying a jigsaw and uh, a belt sander because uh, I already have a circular saw, which could do a lot of the same things that a table saw can. It's just more of a pain in the butt. Um, but yeah, Jig- so what is jigsaw the thing that uh um that Bob always says he doesn't like? Uh, I'm not sure. I've only I don't know that I've seen it too many epi- like he doesn't seem to use it a whole lot. Like I think that that's I've the seen. tool he I think that's the tool he's very vocally against using. Interesting. I I mean I I don't think it's the best tool. Like there there's definitely other tools that are better at doing the same thing. Uh, it's just that jig, a jigsaw, it, it's like a hand tool that does really fine, um, like, uh, rounded cuts. Uh, and so the reason why yeah, I got it I, is because I want to say I believe that's the tool because, yeah, I, I know he's gotten uh, – he gets a lot of comments that say, hey, how, why don't you use it? And I think he's multiple times said because I don't like using it. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I completely get that. I don't know that it's my favorite tool to use. It's just I got it just because it's cheap and I wanted to be able to make – um circular cuts yeah uh i think there's definitely like uh there's there's definitely better tool like a bandsaw would be better usually um but i don't have the space for a bandsaw or i mean that's just again more money to spend on a tool that i'm not like i've not done a ton of woodworking in my life i've always dabbled in it i suppose like i I can build things i mean that's why i have tools but um i kind of want to get a little bit more into like build a lot more stuff just mm-hmm. for as a hobby, I suppose. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so I went and I, I bought a template from Bob, uh, or from I like to make things. It's funny, it's calling him Bob like he's our friend, but uh, that's okay. I'm pretty sure three quarters of his of any YouTube fandom thinks that uh, content creators are their friends. Yeah, right. Uh, he's a super nice guy. I feel like we would be really good friends. Uh, he, he's listened to our podcast. Yes, yeah. Uh, but um, no, anyway, so I bought a tray template from him um, and built the tray. It looks nice. I was actually kind of surprised with just everything I learned from making a tray. 
uh, like just a really simple one. Um, so I'm looking for, I like, I look through a ton of his projects, um, starting to make a float, like a spreadsheet of future projects to do, trying to figure out how to like build out a workstation in my garage or my shed. And I'm not sure like exactly where to put it, probably my garage for this winter, but I think next summer I might, or spring the spring, I'll probably go out, move out to my shed and kind of build out more of a work area out there once it warms up. But yeah. Um, so no, I'm looking forward to, to doing a lot more woodworking. Um, just seeing what I can do, I guess. It's, I, I just haven't had a chance to work with my hands. Like it's ever since I worked for my brother, really. Um, so it's been over like six years. Um, and just, especially just kind of being cooped up in the house and, sitting down for work like i just sit all day and then i've been playing a lot of video games or trying maybe even designing things on the computer and it's just i'm just sitting and so i just Mm -hmm. kind of wanted to do something where i'm like standing and moving around and working with my hands and i've definitely enjoyed it like just the little bit of time i've had to to do some woodworking it's been it's, it's been nice to just move around but yeah anyway um it's so, a yeah. dream of mine to do stuff like that. Like I've been, I've talked about it on yeah. the podcast before when we talked about Bob is that like that what he does or just woodwork and carpentry in general is a dream of mine yeah. that I have someday that I hope I can do where I would love to have a house kind of mm-hmm. not in town, but I would like to have house and a land big enough to build like a barn that would be a work area yeah um have all that fun stuff it's pretty much my uh, it's what i kind of call my lottery goal like if i won the lottery uh that's honestly what i would do i would build a house but i would want to build uh a work like a barn area yeah to have all the fun toys that like he has and others Mm -hmm. and just build out a giant workstation and literally just pretty much retire early and just spend the rest of my life <laughs> just working out in a sh- in a workplace and just messing around with constructing yeah. stuff. Oh no, for sure. I'd be over at your house all the time, man. All the time. Yeah, that would be the thing is <laughs> I'm pretty sure that if that ever happened, uh I would never be in the house. Like yeah. I would build the barn to be a live-in barn just and a yeah. Yeah, exactly. Turn loft, like yeah. turn the second floor, like an upstairs into a loft area and then yeah. just live out there, like have the setup similar to like Bob has and stuff where mm-hmm. he's got big LED te- uh, televisions down there that he streams on and yeah. uh, all that stuff and just have a, a really cool like just work area. Like, I mean, for folks who don't know, I, I just live in an uh, apartment, so it's just me. So obviously this is like the biggest dream I could ever have is have something like that. But yeah, it's, it's something I'm very, very envious of. Yeah, no, whenever I watch his video, it's, it's interesting too watching his videos. Cause I've gone back and probably watched some, I'm, I'm guessing some older ones, uh, because his workshop is like, it looks like a basement, like just it kind is. of a, a dirty basement. Yes. But, but then it's interesting then watching like the, the brand new ones and his shop looks fantastic now. So I think it's just, it seems like over time, like the show has been mostly him working on projects to fix up his shop. (laughs) Yes. Uh, His, when he first started, I believe he was working in an older basement and then they moved. And I know he originally, he was working in a garage and Mm then 
they converted the de- the basement into an entire workstation slash podcast studio yeah, yeah, and yeah. area. And then I want to say, I think it was a year or two ago, I can't recall, he's got a second channel where they he, he did more in-depth about it, mm-hmm. but they bought land out in the middle of nowhere, and the only thing that was on the land was a barn. Yeah, and, I've seen a couple of those episodes. Those are cool, yep. too. And he converted it into a big work area. And he wasn't, I think he said he wasn't planning on building a house out there. He wasn't doing anything. It was pretty much one to own land, which Mm. I can't understand, but I have plenty of friends that have that mentality too. One of my good friends, uh, he, he wanted to, he's very much told me like, I think he's moved three times and it's just because they want to own more land and it's not farmland or anything. It's a lot of just, uh, forestry and things. And so, I mean, land holds value. That's, it does. That's the main reason to own land yeah 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 i know he's uh yeah his work area is pretty amazing i know uh mm-hmm. i watched i haven't watched the most recent video but i i'm always anticipating his r2d2 builds yeah so i think his most recent one he built a, a like a walk-in closet for his son yes uh, i hadn't seen that yet and then he the one before that was really cool. I haven't seen it, but I've seen what he built. It's uh it's a server rack that looks like a Star Wars con- like um like one of the giant computers on like wall computers and like on the Death Star. Oh, I did see that. That was okay. pretty cool. Um, that was a couple weeks ago, I think. Yes, that I, was that was that one awesome. last weekend. I really enjoyed that because yeah, it was pretty much just a oh man, what was a uh. Pretty much a circuit board storage for all their electronic stuff. Yeah. And it was pretty cool to look at that. And it's always amazing that, yeah, that thing is just made out of wood. And it looks yeah. really great. Like, I'm yeah, so envious really about his creativity where he can – I mean, it's – I consider it creative. I don't know if other people can. I yeah, love that it, it is he can a design take wood it. and make it look metal. Yeah, for sure. Did he do a veneer? on that or was it paint uh like, i can't remember you, okay i'll have to watch it whatever um that's funny we're, we this is an episode where we're just devoted to, to to i like to make things oh it's not the first time <laughs> no it's not it's not the first time it's a it's wonderful a good show. channel it is yeah oh uh, yeah i mean if if anyone is into making things like because he it's the funny thing is he does everything there's woodworking there's metalsmithing there's electronics there's like cosplay stuff Co- there's yeah cosplay building. stuff props uh like it's it's interesting just the variety of things that this guy knows how to do he's he's very much uh like a jack of all trades i suppose very much and he's self-taught too i yeah. know uh and, and he grew up with with uh, a grandpa who uh, worked a lot on wood wood building and things like that, and that's what inspired him. And he, there's a wonderful Q and A with him. I think it's like 15 to 20 minutes long, where he discusses all of it. Where he uh, he had a very well he uh, what was it? He de- I think he developed something, and then he ended up working for Dell, and hmm. he did very well there. But and then he started, I believe it was at Dell. Then he started his YouTube channel. It was kicking off really well. And Mm -hmm. he decided to make the plunge and quit his job and Mm. devote to making content on YouTube. And he was very, very open and upfront saying that at the get go, you know, his job at uh, his day job paid way better than 
what he uh, than his YouTube. But they he said yeah. him and his family, him and his wife sat down and discussed it financially, and because they were going from having a, I can't remember what his wife does, but he discussed that you know they were going from essentially a two income household to a one income household, and then getting extra off of YouTube money, which hmm. isn't that much. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, this was before he had, you know, the uh, the kind of famous, oh, gosh, kind of the, the famous cred that he has now. And mm-hmm. he's really built up. And obviously, yeah, he has his Patreon. He mm-hmm. has a lot of sponsorship programs. And mm-hmm. so it does very well for himself. Kind of a, just a dream come true. And I think it mainly just came from he just wanted to he just wanted to build things for fun and managed to have the personality and yeah. the charisma. I was just going to say, it's a personality thing too. He does. It he's always just, is on He's YouTube. a showman. Or he's just, he's silly in a, in a very honest way. I love that. He keeps his mess ups in it. I love yeah, that. He's bloopers. Mess ups. Uh, oh yeah. It's my favorite when he act, and then he will fully admit when something isn't as good yeah. and says that that's not the point that this doesn't look very good. But if I go back and update it, then I'll do a new video. So he's very, very modest. Yeah. And he's very, very just nice guy. But yeah, the video I I found him out because I mean you you've heard of him from me because yes, I you know uh, earlier this year I discovered him and I discovered him by looking up cosplay props and stuff. I was hmm, looking yeah. up I was looking up lightsaber builds. Yeah, does he build a lightsaber? Because he does a lot of Star Wars stuff. I don't know that I've seen his lightsaber, though. He's built one. Oh, yes, he did. He built okay. he's built one or two, and he's built them out of wood, essentially. And I remember oh, when I first cool. saw that, I was thrown off by it because I was looking more at, like, 3D <laughs> printing and prop yeah. building. Mm-hmm. He made one out of wood, and okay. uh, that kind of got me hooked. And then he made the Darksaber. And yeah, I saw that. Then or I something started, like that. Yeah, then I started see, digging in more videos. And at first, I, I won't lie, I was thrown off because it's a lot of household construction and stuff like yeah. that and things. And I was a little thrown off because I was just looking at looking at like fun Nerf builds and things like that. And mm-hmm. now he's yeah one of the longest running content creator in that field that I watch. Like I don't watch the other people that I was watching beforehand. Mm. So. And it's, it mainly comes down to, even if I'm not interested in what he's building, uh, I'm just kind of uh, entranced by just his videos and his yeah. personality and things. He is very much just a wholesome person. And yeah, just well, one of the best out there. Like, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have an entitlement complex or even mm-hmm. personality that even hints at that and stuff. He's just, yeah. you know, I love that he puts his family into the videos and mm-hmm. uh, makes a lot of things for his kids and things. So it's yeah. really wonderful. Yeah. I was actually thinking today, cause I, I grew up watching a lot of new Yankee workshop. Um, I think I like, I'd be at my dad's house usually on the weekends. It'd be Saturday morning and I'd just be kind of like watching TV and that would be, is like after all the cartoons are over. Uh, I just flip it over to PBS and there's the Yankee workshop with, uh, oh, what is that? I can't think of the guy's name. Norm. Can't think of his last name. I just know his name was Norm. He had like Coke bottle glasses. Uh, and he just had this massive workshop and he would always like the show was, he'd go like antiquing basically. And he just find like something and he's just like, yeah, I could probably build that. And you just bring it back to the, to the shop and he'd just like look at it and he'd just build it. Like he would just like, 
show you then the viewer how to build this thing that he found. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always like he, he was a very like like very classic, you know, like Bob Vila type guy. I never liked Bob Vila for some reason as a kid. Because uh, you like Home Improvement, and he was Tim's enemy. That very well could be. Uh, but Norm, <laughs> like Norm, was very similar. Like he wore plaid all the time. He had like his hair was always combed the same exact way, like the weird like eighties comb over. Uh, like shirt tucked into his jeans with a belt on. Uh, and just like wholesome guy beard. Um, and he just was good at building things. Uh, and just, it's funny to me cause like Bob kind of reminds me, or, uh, I like to make things Bob. What's his last name? Claggett. Bob. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway. So I, yeah, I like to make things Bob. Uh, he kind of reminds me of new, new Yankee workshop where like, it's just like, here's a project that like, I just kind of needed to get done. So let's film it sort of. Yeah. Like, attitude <laughs> or no, like that's, here's, that's a, here's a project awesome. that i thought was would be really cool so we're gonna film it <laughs> yeah and i uh, remember really it really showing you about him just because i yeah. really liked him and also it was because I you know the uh, yeah. they do a lot of three they do a lot of 3d printing i mean yeah. that's that's Which is also funny because i don't of, think i've watched any 3d printing of his yet <laughs> he does, yeah he's done 3d printing he's had 3d printer builds and yeah uh, and mainly just because you got a 3D printer, and I remember yeah. going, you should check out some of his 3D printer stuff. But also, he's got yeah the Maker Workshop and things where mm-hmm. yeah you can buy a lot of his 3D printer schematics and things like that. And he yeah, does he courses sells- for oh what's that program? He has the one he has about? one course that's for um, Fusion 360. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of expensive. It's like a hundred bucks, or you can. Uh, you know, he breaks it down into two payments if you want to, but you, you end up paying more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, no, he, he does. So he, he does, uh, some electronics, 3d printing, woodworking, regular electronics. I already said that, uh, he has an arcade section cause he, well, cause he's built like some video game. He's built some arcades and stuff and, and yeah, with retro pies. Yeah. CNC stuff. Props and costumes, 3D printing, yeah. Yeah, his uh, his stormtrooper build was pretty awesome. He has all he's built a whole stormtrooper, right? Yeah, he built uh, one of the. Uh, oh boy, now I can't remember being a Star Wars nerd. He built one of the stormtroopers that uh, first appeared in Rogue One. Hmm. What's the difference for those? Do you know? Oh, very much different. Uh, oh. I can't remember the type. I can't remember the name of it. It's one of those that's like you know how the snor- the snow trooper looks different, or yeah, the yeah, scout yeah. the scout trooper looks different. It's one of those. It's uh, oh, is it's it a like spe- it's a specific tan. looking one? Yeah, it's tan looking. Okay, I don't I don't know that I paid good enough attention during Rogue One to to realize it was a completely different look. But yeah, it is. Man, I don't know how I missed that or just I wasn't so focused on it. So, like, I assume that that's the stormtrooper, like, that was specific to the planet or to the that because it, it was this on the planet with the storage. The yes, it was on server. Scarif. It's okay. uh, it's it seems like it's a a tropical uh, it's okay. a tropical environment trooper. So it's probably yeah, a tropical suit. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I, that's the thing that always I always thought was kind of weird that they had different suits for like very specific purposes on Star Wars. I don't know if this is a transition to a different topic or not, but I just always thought that that was a weird thing. I could like understand I, it if any of the uniqueness was utilized with the stormtroopers, but it's uh, with with their appearance never mm-hmm. is. 
Yeah, like, I mean, and it makes sense that, like, the pilots would have a different outfit, uh, or, which they do, um, like, so yeah, pilots, maybe the ones that only work on the Death Star, or, like, are only on ships ever, like, Mm -hmm. that makes sense, but then, like, the ground troops are just so vastly different, too. They're vastly different, and like I said, none of their unique appearances utilized whatsoever, like, snow troopers, they have, like loose cloth on their costume on their suit and like little skirts and things and so it's like okay i don't know how that's any different from a stormtrooper a sand trooper has the little shoulder pad and i mean the backpack and scout troopers look drastically different and yeah you never you never really see how any of that's utilized granted it's you know a movie with x amount of time so you can't really delve too much but yeah it just seems like a week well i know exactly what it was it was so that they could sell more toys but stop it right now (laughs) um but other than that like it just seems like a weird way to spend money for a movie i guess uh world building yeah i guess so world building i just found bob's uh plans for uh, an optimus um, uh, optimus prime blaster oh the rifle i feel like that's uh yeah it's huge too it's like he, as big as is, he is it is ridiculously <laughs> insane and his original plan was to build it one-to-one scale uh, oh wow Did, is that one-to-one or is that no one-to-one would have been the size of a van oh my gosh he should have done it he considered it. His plan was to do one to one, and he ended up doing uh, like one uh, one eighth scale or something like that. Which is still massive. It's still ridiculous, and it's got LEDs and a trigger. I did watch that. Yeah. He made a uh, he made a sound wave uh, boombox. Yeah. I see. Uh, oh, that's. I think you sh- you sent that to me. I, I did who, send that that's one. That's when to you sent shit. Yeah. It's funny, uh, so here I'm reading through the little blog post. Uh, if he had made it to size, it would have been eight feet long, and he ended up with one that was four feet long. Yep. So he, yeah, so he made he it half. half. It's so. one to two. Wow. Yeah, and it is oh, enormous, well. and he based it off of uh, a certain – he based it off of pictures mm-hmm. and a certain toy of Optimus Prime that he has. Yeah, that's the thing I like about getting back on Bob now. Uh, like he, he tends to model things after the toys, especially when it comes to the Transformers, I guess. He did that with uh, the Mandalorian's uh, rifle. Oh, nice. He based that which off was of, cool too. <laughs> yeah, he based that off a Hasbro action figures rifle, huh. which was literally like three, uh, like uh, three inches big. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense because that's what he has access to. Yep. Um, and it's probably easier to model something after something you can hold as opposed to like trying to get it off the TV. And it was it was it was before the show came out, too. Oh, yeah. yeah Which he, uh, it's funny, too. A couple of weeks before the show premiered last year. Oh, nice. That, was, that's, that makes a good timing for him, I suppose, because then yeah. he, his show comes out at the same time. Yeah. But uh, if you listen to his podcast, uh, he's been building. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but the the Mandalorian ship. He's been building the Lego for that for like the last like month, it seems like. Oh, he's been building the Razor, Razor Crest. Yeah, the Razor Crest. Um, and so that's which I, I don't I don't watch it on YouTube. I listen to it, uh, but you can watch them. So the, his podcast, I guess, for those who don't know, it's, it's called No Instructions. And it's him and um, Josh. Yes, his cameraman. Yeah, 
which he's not, I don't think he's a cameraman anymore. Like, I think he's a full-fledged, like, helper, basically. Like, he'll okay. build stuff, too. Like, if you watch the newest one, especially, there's a part where Bob is um, drywalling, I think. And so he's just like, let's go to Josh in the basement building these shelves. And then Josh builds the shelves in the basement. I got um, Which it's funny, because then in the bloopers at the end, they, uh, the, guy, the cameraman just turns the camera and looks at Josh, because Josh was holding the lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah whatever but um what was i getting at oh yeah so you can watch their podcast on youtube and so you can actually watch them building the lego sets um but i don't do that i just listen to the podcast like it's a radio show so i guess i'm not getting that full element but it's funny because yeah, like I... it, in the middle of them talking you can hear them like opening bags and like you can kind of hear like <laughs> lego noises it's funny and it's just I... them playing yeah them, like, i I, I've seen the Lego Razor Quest, and mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cool. I know um, Hasbro right now has a crowdfunding going on. It's been going on since August. I think it's got uh, less than ten days left on it, uh, where you can crowdfund the uh, the Razor Crest figure. And the Razor Crest figure? Oh, so just like the toy? Yeah, mm. yeah. It's the vintage collection, so it's the three three quarters old school. Uh, um, Razor Crest. It's got a uh, uh, size. It's got nine days left on it. The target goal for it was six thousand uh, pledges, okay. and it's currently at fourteen thousand two hundred and seventeen. Yeah, that was a no-brainer. Uh, it hit its goal within less than twenty-four hours. It costs. Yeah. How much does this thing cost? It uh, it costs. Oh come on, three hundred and forty-nine dollars. Hmm. And well, it's to, yeah to scale for the toy. Yeah, it's which, scaled perfectly. It will yeah. be. Uh, oh, it'll come out next year, and I don't. I do collect some Star Wars figures, but it's kind of it's not a collection. I would say I collect clones and I collect Mandalorians. Yeah. But I could. I would love to own that thing because they've oh, done yeah. a lot of. It looks uh, huge too. It's really big. There's a lot of gold perks with it, and it's really gorgeous. I've never done a Hasbro – it's called HasLab, and they've done, I think, four or five. One failed, but Mm -hmm. they did a Transformer one last year for, I think, a $600 Transformer. I didn't do it. I I couldn't justify that. That, The Transformer is, like, three feet tall, and it's big. It turns into a planet. And okay. that one had to be extended. That goal had to be extended by, I think, 30 or 60 days. Mm. And, yeah, the the first Hasbro uh, crowdfund was Jabba's Sail Barge. And, mm. yeah, it looks cool. I watched some unboxings of that. That was pretty neat. And uh, they did the Transformer one. It succeeded. They did Cookie Monster, a one-to-one recreation of cookie monster it failed. <laughs> yeah what was uh, that? <laughs> it wasn't that expensive i think it was like 150 bucks oh man it i mean like so it's a, it was like a legitimate muppet yeah oh wow huh it was either a muppet or it was just a one-to-one scaled uh giant stuffed animal uh stuffed animal but it had electronics and stuff in it and everything okay hmm. and it didn't it didn't succeed they did marvel legends the sentinel this year 
that one succeeded mm. fairly fast too. Oh yeah. I, I kind of wanted that too. I know it was really cool. I don't know anyone who ended up getting it. Cause I do have yeah. a buddy who is a diehard Marvel legends collector and I know he didn't go for it. And mm-hmm. I think that thing was only like 150 bucks. So it wasn't that expensive per se, but uh, yeah, they announced the razor crest and yeah, that thing, that thing <laughs> blew it out of the water. I, I mean, yeah. it's up, it's, it's over doubled its, uh, its goal. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, but. So they're at 14,200 right now and they've unlocked, well, okay. So this is, it's 30 inches long, 20 inches wide, yep. 10 and a half inches tall. It's huge. It's enormous. And, it's almost a foot tall, but it's almost three feet long. And yeah, and it comes with an escape pod, uh, the child, and four carbonite blocks right now. And I thought it just reached its next goal, which was coming with, uh, oh, what was the new? Oh, uh, uh, an off-world Jawa, the chieftain. Uh, nope, that is uh, the fifth. So they self to unlock. At fifteen thousand dollars, uh, a clear display stand, and then oh, at seventeen thousand okay, it. backers, uh, it'll be the Java. Okay, okay. I thought they already hit that goal. I didn't realize that uh, they they just. So, didn't, I knew they announced it. I thought I didn't realize that they hadn't done it. Yeah, that clear. The thing looks gorgeous, and yeah, you can it disassemble does. it like the episode where the Jawas took it apart. Yeah, they have like a little uh, picture on the website. I'll try to remember to put this in the show notes, I guess. But uh, this will be gone by the time this gets posted, uh, or the thing will have ended. Oh, uh, the uh, the page will be up. <clears throat> yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah no, the and they show the the crowdfund will be up still. Like it stays yeah. up. Well, yeah. So I'll link to that. But they have a uh, there's pictures of like the the blow up. I don't know what that's called, but like when like they show all the pieces kind of like extended out. Yep. So that's kind of cool. Like the like side panels pop off and stuff. That's kind of that's really cool. I have one problem with the set though, with the with the uh, the uh, the ship though. What's that? I can't see the carbonite chamber. Um, I don't well, see the carbonite chamber in the on the ship. Uh, they have the bathroom. They have the weapon storage. They're obviously oh. making the uh, the carbonite slabs. I mm-hmm. don't see the carbon chamber. Um on the side of the ship interior. Yeah, you're right. That was something Lee and I were talking about the it's other like day, because he hasn't followed thing. this, but like, I talk it, about it. But yeah, I don't see the carbon chamber. It looks like it should just be like a little rectangular indent inside, Yeah, and I don't see it. Yeah, it's hard to say. There's like a photo of like it all taken apart, and you can kind of see inside of it a little easier. Mm-hmm. But the thing, though, too, that's a, that's a two-story ship, isn't it? Not the show. really. I, it's pretty much like a... It's it's similar to say like just a regular aircraft where there's the main chamber yeah and then there's uh, a little ladder that goes up to the cockpit. Oh, I think I thought the ladder was like longer maybe. So I thought there was like the cockpit, a room behind the cockpit, and then a ladder going down to like a a, a bottom floor. I think there is, but I mean, you I know, could yeah. Was... I need to watch the show again or at all. Uh, I've, only, I've only watched four episodes of the first season and what the second season just came out, which yesterday. Yeah. Which my wife uh, told me, uh, I think last week that we canceled our Disney plus. I was like, Mandalorian's coming out next week. What are you talking about? (laughs) I know. So text you the other day and say, Hey, can you finish it up so we can talk about the show? (laughs) Yeah. uh, No, I can probably get it back. Uh, It's yeah. I just, I I just thought it was really funny timing. Cause like, we just haven't been watching 
watching TV in general. And we actually just found out since we bought, we bought an iPad at the beginning of, uh, the pandemic, um, just to like give our kids something, I guess, to do at times. Um, and because we bought the iPad, it came with free Apple TV. Uh, we just realized this, uh, last week. And so we, we started watching, uh, this is completely off topic, I guess, but we started watching a show on there. Uh, can't even think what it's called now. So it's, um, uh, the guy from SNL, he has a show where he's like a, he's a soccer coach. Uh, I can't think of his name. Jason Sudeikis. There we go. Okay. He's like, he plays, um, a football coach, like a college football coach from like somewhere in the South, just from his accent, I guess. And he's just like the most wholesome guy in the world. And, uh, this lady who got a song. Uh, and she just wants to run the team into the ground because it's her ex-husband's like pride and joy. Uh, and so she hires this coach of American football to, to coach her soccer team. And then obviously the show is about how he actually ends up succeeding and the team ends up winning. But uh, it's actually really hilarious. We only saw we've only seen one episode because we just started it yesterday, but it's pretty hilarious. I um, only know Jason Sudeikis from I, I've never seen anything with him, except mm-hmm. I know he's Olivia Wilde's husband yep. and he was in the final episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, he is. He plays a stormtrooper. I, I like how they're like, it seems like it's a Disney thing to like work in weird actors as stormtroopers. They use a lot of, uh, Oh, star Wars in general has done that since Disney yeah. took reins, but oh, yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. uh, the Mandalorians had a lot of comedic talent in, hmm. uh, in the show. They had a lot of comedic actors in the is that first just, season. Is that just probably, um, the director pro- knowing people? Like knowing I think it's people? John Favreau. Yeah. Okay. I think it's John Favreau. The first, the new episode had John Leguizamo in it. And, oh, nice. Uh, which was, they were in the movie Chef together, which I think yeah. was John Favreau wrote and directed that. That's a good movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Very the, good movie. Yeah. Yeah. The first episode had, uh, it had John Leguizamo, uh, Timothy Oliphant guests in it. And, uh, oh, Amy Sedaris. Uh, returns. She was in the first season. She's a, she's an old comedic actor, and she who had was a, she in the first season? She. I don't think you got to the episode. She plays oh. a a character on Tatooine. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't gotten to Tatooine yet. Yeah, I got as far as like they're on. He uh, he left whatever planet he starts on, uh, and he just got to like some planet, and he's like trying to lay low, and then he runs into another man, or a, I think she's a she's an ex stormtrooper. Cara Dune? Oh, uh, she's a shock trooper. She's a rebel shock trooper. She was on the. She was. Uh, she was kind of retcon in a way. I, th- I believe she was on the. Uh, she was at the Battle of Endor. Okay. In Jedi. Okay. I. Uh, I think I was doing laundry while I was watching, or dishes. Or, I was doing. I was doing housework while I was watching the show, and so I caught that she was a soldier. I didn't, really, I didn't realize she was a rebel soldier. Dare you? Dude, if you want me to watch this, that's how I have to watch it. No, you don't, because I don't want to have to re-explain it. <laughs> okay, well, I'll try to do a better job of watching it when I, when I do. <laughs> I have so little time to sit and watch shows. Uh, I usually have to be multitasking. Um, why you have to sit and hide in your car and watch it on the phone. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Except for if I'm going to be doing that, 
it's going to just be in my driveway when I'm the only person home anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm adjusting how I'm sitting. Sorry. Well, which is uncomfortable. After, uh, well, after 40 minutes, I can say what I've been up to finally. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So, Matt, what have you been up to? Uh, working. Uh, let me think. I didn't do anything all in October Halloween related. Sadly, I was a little bummed. I didn't get. To, I didn't end up carving a pumpkin. Uh, I didn't watch any horror movies at all. I watched. Uh, I watched some horror stri- gaming streams, but that was about it. Like I became oh engulfed in a game called Phasmophobia. What's that? It's a. Uh, it's a game on. It's a computer game, and I've been watching streamers play it. It's. Uh, it's pretty much Ghost Hunters, mm. except it's a game. It's you and three other people. You get uh, you get jobs, and you go to haunted houses or buildings with cameras, equi- uh, ghost hunting equipment like sound detectors, thermometers, uh, sure. certain books, crosses, sage, and you try and capture ghost activity. Okay, so it's... Like, like, you, like you're just trying to catch it on tape or on yeah, camera? Yeah, you're trying to catch evidence of paranormal activity. That's funny. It's pretty cool. The only issue I have with the game is that you can actually be killed by ghosts. And I understand you have to put something like that in a video game to cause yeah. suspense. But uh, I, I think I'd appreciate it a little bit more as if you just collect the evidence and it's just scary. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's fine. That type of game is always interesting to me because, like, it's interesting the twists that they kind of put on it to make it, uh, I guess, suspenseful. Because, like, there's the Pokemon Snap game, and that was mostly, like, you're on a train and so, like, you can't stop and take a picture. Yeah. Um, And then there's uh, Beyond Beyond Good and Evil, I think it's called. It was for the GameCube, Mm -hmm. which is a really good game. Uh, And that one was kind of like you're trying to reveal, like, how corrupt the government is. And so, like, you're running around taking um, photos of, like, just bad things that the government's doing and then trying to expose them through journalism, I suppose. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, like, as the game goes along, depending on, like, how good your photos are, like, the people in the streets will be, like, will start a revolution or not. Um, okay. And then it's interesting too like just because like the types of characters it's it's very cartoony like one of the characters is a pig and he has like little jetpack shoes because of his flatulence like he'll Uh store he stores his gas in a tank and then like his farts and then he can like fly like he basically he can jump further than anyone else can uh and other and like you kind of have to like maintain your boat to get around because like it's like it's a water planet uh it's an interesting game but like that that like gives it like a little bit of element of suspense because like you're sneaking around like you have to fight a little bit um but this is interesting i guess like yeah i can see i can see having to put in like that element of trying to escape and not get killed by the ghosts but yeah that is kind of weird it's cool it's it's uh, i think there's like four or five levels to it and there's certain difficulties Hmm. interesting and you get paid for guessing what kind of spirit it is it could be a demon Hmm. it could be a djinn it could be um a poltergeist and uh yeah you have to look for certain things and it's interactive in the sense of audio interactive where it's got like a built-in similar thing to surrey where you can Hmm. say it you can say certain things and agitate the ghost 
Oh, weird. You can say its name, and it's a generate. It's an auto-generated name. Uh, yeah. If you start harassing it by saying curse words, it'll react. Huh. And yeah, it can lock doors and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty neat. It, it's like a. It looks like know. a Steam game. It looks like an uh, like it's not po- like a super polished looking game. It kind of looks yeah, like yeah, I'm, I'm like G mods and yeah. But it's pretty fun to watch. I've been watching a lot of streams from a famous streamer that I like. And so, yeah, I I, I usually I try and start watching a movie. Then I'll I'll just turn it (laughs) off and start watching a stream instead. And so I've been mostly watching that. So I've been watching some scary stuff uh, related. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's honestly been about it. I just, I don't know why. Usually every year I do a, a day, uh, a scary movie a day. Lee's been doing it, but I just haven't had the drive whatsoever to do it. I usually do Facebook posts or vlogs of the movie as I'll watch, but I kind of just decided to take oh, a break yeah. this year and didn't end up watching a single thing. I think I watched Exorcist one and three at the beginning of the month, but that was it. Hmm. I ended up watching Mad Max uh, Fury Road the other night just because it's like <laughs> I feel like watching a good movie. And, yeah, um, that's that's fair. Yeah. And that's that's about it. Uh, not much else has been going on for the past couple weeks, just working mm-hmm. and whatnot. And mm-hmm. <sighs> you don't yeah. you don't have uh, Amazon Prime, do you? I do not. I'll get it when Invincible comes out next okay. year, but that's it. Because okay. uh, it was interesting talking about that game where you're a uh, ghost hunter. Because there's a there's a new show coming out with um, like Nick Frost from um, Nick Frost uh, from uh, Gone of the Dead and the Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's a ghost hunter. Uh, it, it looks pretty funny, honestly. It's like him, uh, this younger guy, and then like uh, uh, what's his face is in it because um, he's probably the producer, Simon Pegg. Uh, he's like, I think Simon Pegg is like, from what I can tell from the trailer, he's like the producer, or like he, you know, he's the guy from the TV studio. Okay. Uh, and then they hire Nick Frost and they assign him this younger kid or younger guy to go like hunt ghosts and and stuff and so and then like nick frost is supposed to be like this seasoned ghost hunter and so it's like i know what i'm doing kind of mentality uh and then like the younger guy is just freaked out by everything uh but it looks pretty funny uh because it just looks like all they're doing is hunting ghosts i guess i don't know like it's hard to from the trailer to really know what the actual premise is like you know what the actual story is i suppose but the premise is just hunting ghosts it's weird i get engulfed in that stuff and i hate Mm -hmm. ghosts like i'm legitimately terrified of ghosts yeah no i don't i don't like uh the concept (laughs) i really i've always been really fascinated by them because like i always watched um like beyond belief factor fiction uh and stuff like that where like they kind of tell ghost stories yeah Um, i go down rabbit holes where i will just delve into youtube and start looking at found footage stuff Oh gosh, I don't know that I could do that. It's rough, especially because <laughs> I don't like ghosts. I do believe yeah. in them. I, I honestly think that my house is haunted, and yeah. I've had so many like creepy, 
legitimate terrifying experiences yeah and uh i yeah i i get i try and fight my phobias a lot like when i was younger i was terrified of zombies and so i forced myself to watch zombie stuff and now i enjoy it ghost is one of those things that i still can't i i I own a ton of ghost movies. Like I own most of the paranormal activity films and those kind of turn into shit. But, uh, the first couple are pretty good, but I still have to watch those with like the volume off with subtitles and like have to fast forward through them just cause it's, it's simplistic filmmaking, but it's, uh, it's still really scary shit. Like I really can't handle scare, uh, ghost stuff. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that's in general. Um, and but I've always been very intrigued by it. Like I guess like just trying to figure out what it is that's going on, like why people think these things. Um, yeah. I don't know that I'm convinced whether or not they exist. Uh, I, I've met people who are. Uh, I mean, like I guess you like people who have more of an experience with it. I guess. I've never, to my knowledge, experienced a ghost, uh, so <laughs> I guess that's part of it. But I remember my brother used to, like, when we were younger, I could freak him out by by talking about ghosts, and that was like my only weapon against him as a kid, uh, just because he was older. <laughs> I yeah, I, I I've had quite a couple experiences that I can't I can't oh, yeah. explain and oh okay. Oh yeah, there's things that have happened. I don't, I don't like talking about them, especially in my apartment, because I think it'll piss them off. <laughs> and I, I wish, I wish I was, I wish I was joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, but I always liked the show Ghost Hunters that was on Sci-Fi and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I remember my family used to watch those a lot before I moved out of my folks, and so I used to watch that a lot. Uh, I think it was on Sci-Fi. It was either that or it was. AE or History Channel, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I've never seen. Have you ever heard of Ghost Adventures? No. With Zach Baggins, it's no. like the biggest douchebag ever. It's on the. I think it was on the Travel Channel. I think it still is. It's like 18 seasons long, and it's been on for like six years. And uh, it's just this like douchey bro guy who goes out and does ghost hunt- hunting, and. Uh, I think there's been like two movies that probably should have been on TV, but they're like, we have too much footage. Let's make it into a movie. And uh, is this like supposed to be legit? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, if you if you want to just Google Zach Baggins mm-hmm. uh, and you'll get an idea of this guy. Uh, mm. <laughs> he looks like a piece of shit. OK. <laughs> and. uh um, it, I guess one of the best things ever was, I think it was last year or the year before, they did a live taping uh, for Halloween, and he pretty much got proven to be a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, like, yeah, like, they did, like, a, I don't know how long the episode was. It might have been an all-nighter, but nothing happens. Right. And uh, they have uh, a thing called a Dybbuk box, which is unknown artifact that's supposed to house a demon okay. and they were going to open the dybbuk bots on live tv and it said that the only thing that can contain the demon is a rabbi and mm-hmm. so they brought a rabbi on live television and this dude is saying he's like can i ask you rabbi um are you familiar with a dybbuk box and the rabbi's like ah not really 
uh, I got I got asked to come here, so I had to research it this morning. But I it, we don't believe in demons, but I guess if it works for your script, I can. <laughs> like right on live television, <laughs> and and Zach Baggins is just like, uh, uh, uh all right, all right, come, come on, let let let's go over here, and the rabbi never shows up again, and that's funny. They uh they show uh them using an Ouija board, and it's these people at a table, and they're like, can you send us a message? And it just is doing random letters that don't make a word. And he has to come in and be like, hey, guys, we got to cut. We got to cut it. We got we got to cut early and stuff. And it's it's like the it's like it's like just trash. And it's like, yeah, almost as in almost as if you're faking all this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost as if editing is involved. Mm. But, yeah, it's it's pretty funny to watch some of that stuff. I remember. I was watching Red Letter Media, and they were talking about Zach Baggins, and I guess there was a YouTube channel that dealt with ghost hunting, and mm-hmm. um, I guess needless to say, they released a new episode, and they left an edit out where it shows him going down, this guy going downstairs, and he's discussing the house, mm-hmm. and once he reaches the stairs, he's in character talking, and all of a sudden he goes... No, no, you're too early. You're too early. You need to open the door uh, bef- uh, right when I get down to the stairs. And the guy goes, oh, sorry, man. Sorry, I got a little excited. And so then it goes to another take of him walking downstairs, saying the same stuff. And once he reaches the stairs, a door opens up and he freaks out and runs upstairs. Nice. Yeah. How do you forget to cut that out? I well, know. you just don't have an editor. Is I guess the problem. Yeah, they forgot to take out that alt that take. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty amazing. So yeah, I mean, I do believe in some stuff, but I do yeah. believe a lot of stuff that's like glamorized for TV is obviously fake. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Ghost stuff is uh, it's interesting. It's it's very interesting uh to dig into because yeah, there's stuff that I've. I've experienced that I can't explain remotely. And uh, so, yeah, but yeah, it's it's a weird subject. I mean, I'm not someone who's like, like super into that kind of things, but like some people are. But yeah, there's some yeah. stuff that I just don't think can be explained. It's interesting, mm-hmm. at least. But no, um, I guess back on track yeah i haven't really done much or uh i watched the new episode of the mandalorian it was awesome yeah it was fantastic this season is about him trying to find the child's home yes okay that's disappointing i think i was hoping that that he would keep the kid which i guess that doesn't mean mean, just because he's looking for the home doesn't mean he'll find it i think the uh, i think the most interesting thing is is star wars is 43 years old Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the biggest, mm. biggest golden rules that was always with Lucas was uh, not divulge into Yoda and mm. his people. Yeah. And that has been kept that way for 43 years. That's interesting, I guess. Yeah, I mean, no expanded universe has, discal- has divulged into uh, Yoda's uh, species. Well, there's only ever been one other. Yeah character which is uh that like the lady yoda on the high council yadel 
Yeah. yeah. And she only appeared in epi- she only appeared in uh, episode one, and that was it. She didn't appear in anything else. Hmm. I think she was in comics or books or whatever. But yeah, that's always been a big thing: is that Lucas would never has never allowed anyone to go into Yoda's species. So seems yeah. like Disney's just giving him the middle finger. <laughs> no, not really. That- uh, okay. Well, I mean, and, and yeah, they might not find it. Yeah, we still don't know what Yoda's species is and stuff. We still don't even know what the baby is. Y- yeah, yeah. There's theories that he could be a clone of Yoda. Oh, that's a good point. There's theories, and there is... Uh, I don't know if he is a clone of Yoda, because mm-hmm. the baby's 50 years old when this show takes off. So that it would have the, the child would have been made before episode one. That goes before the clones. Uh, that goes before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, here's the thing there. I know you've only seen the first couple episodes, but you saw the ones where this guy in. There's a doctor who wants the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Once well, he he kind of helps the Mandalorian out a little bit, doesn't he? No, he just kind of sits in a corner and says, don't kill me. Uh, but yeah, well, the baby alive. His yeah. uniform has symbols of the Camino cloning facility. Mm. Yeah, he wears a uniform with uh, symbols that the clones wore. Well, it makes sense, I think. Like, uh, you know, before all that stuff, I guess. Like, it makes sense if, like, uh, Palpatine was preemptively trying to do things. And, like, it makes sense then that he would look for, like, knowing that Yoda was such a powerful Force user to try to clone anybody on the High Council, I suppose. Like oh, it, it's it's interesting. I don't know where they're yeah. going with it, but it's uh, mm. yeah. So yeah, no. The second season is about how uh, the Mandalorian has adopted the child as his son. Okay. And his his uh, his task is to return him to his people. Mm-hmm. And so mm. yeah, the first episode. Not to delve into real spoilers, but yeah. pretty much his goal is to hunt down uh, other Mandalorians because they will be. Uh, based on their creed and code of honor, like they're they have to help each other. So mm. he's, he's searching for other Mandalorians uh, to help him in his uh, in his quest. Interesting. And I know there has been a couple Mandalorians that have been confirmed showing up in the show. One of them is Katie Sackoff, who was uh, the leader of the Mandalorians in the Clone Wars. Hmm. Yeah, she was the voice, and now she's going to play the live-action oh, oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Carl Urban's wife. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she was in the last... Uh, she's been in some stuff I've seen. She was she was in Battlestar Galactica, which I've never seen, mm. but I've seen her... Uh, in a, don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I've seen her in a couple horror movies when she was younger, and she was in the last Riddick movie. Okay. The last Riddick movie. I don't think I've seen that one yet. It's just called Riddick. It's awesome. It came out like seven years ago. It was great. Yeah. Which the I only mean, movie I recommend with Vin Diesel as a star. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's Pitch Black, Chronicles of Riddick, and then Riddick. Okay. Yes. And there's and a cartoon one, too. But no one's Yeah, there's an anime version, and then there's the video games. And the I know video game is actually really good. That's what I heard. I heard Butcher's Bay is amazing. And Very good, I know yeah. the people who made it also made, I think, the Django Fett video game from oh. a long time ago. But I know, uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, Vin Diesel put his house up. Uh, yeah. That movie made. 
Yeah, well, he bought um, the rights to Riddick. Yeah, he had to he had to he had to buy the rights back and stuff. So it's all in his control. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he took a big gamble wanting to get that last one made. And I know he wants to make another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they're all directed by the same guy too. The same oh, really? Of Riddick huh. and uh, the first the first Pitch Black is a good movie. Chronicles yeah, of Riddick is good, I guess. It's a it's weird movie. Studio driven. That's the problem with it's it. It's what driven? Studio driven. Like it, it had the studios. Oh, where they yeah, yeah. And said, you need to do this. You need to do this. And it felt that way. Yes, it very much did. It felt like a, a Wachowski movie too. Like there's too much shit going on in it and too much backstory and lore getting chucked in. Yeah. And, yeah. For especially coming after pitch black that had like nothing. Yeah, and that's what Riddick is. That's what the third movie is. Oh, nice. Is. Okay, okay. It's also kind of just a remake of Pitch Black. That's fine. Yeah, it's got monsters in that come out at night. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So a remake really. of Pitch Black. Okay. It really is. It really is. It's Riddick getting chucked on a planet. Uh-huh. Uh, he's trapped there, and he call. Uh, there's these monsters that come out, and they're based... Uh, they're nocturnal and they come out. Uh, they they don't come out unless the ground is wet. So they're wa- they're kind of they mm-hmm. need moisture mm-hmm. to uh, to move. And okay. so a giant storm that only comes every X amount of time is coming. And so he's like, I got to get <laughs> off this planet. So he sends out a bounty. He sends out a signal on a bounty hunter station that's been abandoned to oh. lure bounty hunters. And wow. so the whole movie is about him just trying to get off this planet and he has to team up with these bounty hunters mm-hmm. and it's, it's really good, but yeah, I, you can't watch it and not go. This is the same thing as pitch black. Yeah. That's like verbatim almost like it's, it's a weird mix of pitch black and chronic. Like it's pitch black with the bounty hunter aspect of Chronicles of Riddick really. 100%. 100%. And it's good. It's got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of roots, mainly with the first movie. That's good. Uh, the weirdest thing about it is there's two versions. There's the theatrical version, and then there's mm. the unrated version. Okay. The unrated, the theatrical version cuts out all of the stuff from Chronicles of Riddick, where he becomes like the emperor of this entire. Yeah. You're it's, right. Like, what is he not the emperor anymore? The movie opens with him crawling out of, like, rubble. Oh, so, like, okay. Yeah, it's weird. And uh, the unrated... So he lost his army? Uh, the unrated version reveals that he was emperor of this army, but he's yeah. more inclined to find his home world, and he gets betrayed by one of his generals and gets okay. dumped on this planet. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and then it ends with him going back to his army for revenge. Uh-huh. The weird thing is, is Carl Urban's in Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, he uh, he's like the second in command. Yeah. Yes, and his se- he it makes it kind of sound like his second in command betrays him, and okay. Carl Urban is in the unrated version. Okay, so he should be the one that probably betrayed him. He didn't though. That was the thing. Oh. He's actually <laughs> loyal to him, but it kind of but Riddick thinks he betrays him. Mm. So yeah, there's this like. I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the movie that was cut out. Mm. And it just kind of feels like it's a big thing of like, yeah, we're not going to reference the second movie. And 
But I do rec- yeah. yeah, I do recommend Riddick though. I recommend the unrated version very much. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. And it's uh it's one of Dave Batista's first movies. Oh wow, yeah, I'll definitely have to watch that. <laughs> He's I really think- good. Pre Guardians. What? Pre Guardians, yeah. That's interesting too, because um like I know for Guardians he went he got a an acting coach, so I'm, I'd be curious to serious. see what? He took it very serious. He took Guardians yeah. again. Because he didn't want to be the thing that uh, hammers the movie down. I think yeah. Dave Bautista is totally fine in, in Riddick. I think yeah, I was going to say, he's a great actor because I loved him in um, uh, Blade Runner, too. Like, he, had really? a very, he had a very tiny role, but he was fantastic. Yeah, he had a little bonus, uh, uh, little mini movie. He had like a, like a webisode about him, his character. Oh, really? I need to- yeah, there's a special – there's like a five-minute episode hmm. of that character – Oh, that's um, such a good character. Blade Runner. It's worth yeah. watching. And it was, it was like a perfect character for him, too. Oh, yeah. It's weird it seeing great. Dave Bautista look like an old man, though, with tiny little glasses. Yeah, I love and, that. Uh, I know his next big movie is Dune, which. Oh, which I really want to see. And I know you don't. I have no interest. Oh, I, I, I want to no see it so bad. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Love, I, I know it's by the same guy who did Blade Runner. Oh, that makes me want to see it even more. Yeah, yeah, the guy who did Arrival and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. This is his big mo- his big movie coming out. I didn't really, I didn't know that he, that guy, whoever that was, I don't know who it is. Uh, did Arrival? Yes, he did Arrival. Oh, such a good movie. I love those obscure. Or it's not obscure, but just like weird alien movies. Yeah, I, I liked Arrival. I, I enjoyed it. It it was different. Um, it's very slow. It's very uh, it's slow. Not a, it's not a popcorn movie. No. Yeah, it's it's a little boring. Like if you're not the type, if you're the type of person who typically falls asleep in a movie, this isn't the movie for you. It's not for the modern uh, movie going audience. I mean, it's funny now that you say that too, because like it completely makes sense that that guy would do Blade Runner then. Yes, that's where that's the movie that got him Blade Runner. Okay, yep, completely makes sense. Just because like that's the feel of Blade Runner as well. Which to yeah. be fair, for the second Blade Runner, he did a better job of making like that movie flowed a lot better than the first Blade Runner did. Blade Runner, Blade Runner is trash. It's and I'm a, just gonna say it. I don't like Blade Runner, yeah. but I loved Blade Runner 2049. We went for Dexter's birthday to yep. a couple years ago, and I had to watch the first Blade Runner to go see uh, 2049, and I watched it. I think I tried it a. Uh, earlier that year before knowing we were going to go see it because everyone said you got to see Blade Runner it's one of the best movies ever and I I think I got 20 minutes in and said done it's a and, weird movie yeah yeah it's so and, slow oh yeah and when when your wife messaged me and said hey Dexter wants to see the new one uh, and I was like okay yeah of course and I had to stay up the night before <laughs> I saw it and I watched it and I was bored out of my mind I did not like it and it didn't change my perception of wanting to see the new one yeah, because good. I like the cast. I like Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And oh, such a, he is so good in that movie. Oh, 2049 was probably one of my favorite movies wow. of that year. Yeah. I think it's the only Ryan Gosling movie I've ever seen. And he, he needs more action roles or just whatever that is. Much? I don't, I have never seen a Ryan Gosling movie other than, than Blade Runner. You've never seen the notebook. No, why would I see the notebook? I've seen the notebook. I okay. <laughs> I've never seen the notebook. Oh, I like the notebook. I mean, okay. I granted, I see everything. I've seen the Twilight movies. I've seen Brokeback Mountain. I'm not I've, this. <laughs> I, I, 
I, I've seen a lot of sappy stuff. I enjoy yeah. sappy movies, but uh, that book's good. Uh, he was the star of The Young Adventures of Hercules. Okay, I've seen that. That was a good, <laughs> that was a fantastic show. I don't care. That was a great Fox Kids show. Because he was he was Hercules, right? He was Hercules. He was young yeah. Hercules. Oh, that was such a good show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's the adventures of young Hercules. I think I said it wrong, but uh, I didn't realize that until I got much older that that was Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I, I knew that, too. I, I, I think I saw it the last time I was, like, looking up uh, Ryan Gosling. He, he was also in the adventures of Hercules with Kevin Sorbo as well. <laughs> well, who was he in that? Did he play? Uh, okay, so Kevin Sorbo's Hercules used to do flashback episodes of Hercules when he was younger. Yeah. And uh, they did an episode while the Fox Kids show was out. Okay. But the thing is, there was a different actor playing Hercules in the other show. Right. So I don't know why they didn't use him for mm-hmm. the Fox Kids show. I honestly have no idea why, but when they on the Kevin Sorbo show, they did another flashback episode of Young Hercules, and they used their actor, mm-hmm. and they had Ryan Gosling play a different character. He was the uh, villain. Okay, interesting. It's weird because they used Eola, the act, the same actor as Young Eolas. Huh. Yeah, they used everybody from uh, the Kevin Sorbo show. Except the actor who plays Hercules. That's funny. That's it. Uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking at Ryan Gosling's IMDb, uh, and it looks like he was in Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. Yes, he was. Like just single episodes. That's funny. Yeah, like, he had uh, a young Goose- actor career. Goosebumps. He was Say Cheese and Die. That's funny. I don't remember that episode, but I bet if I watched it now, it's I, a I it's a camera. I don't know how. Familiar oh, I know it's, it's the, ca- okay, it's the okay. camera. The, yeah, uh, I don't know that I remember him in there at all. I don't remember anybody from the, that show. <clears throat> That's just funny that he was in it. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Gosling's a great actor. Like I, it kind of seemed like he he uh, he died down in the mid to late two thousands, but uh, yeah, uh, he's popped up in a lot of stuff. I know he's in the the Nice Guys, the Shane Black movie with Kurt Russell, and I haven't seen that. But he no. plays he he's wonderful in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Blade Runner twenty forty forty nine, in my opinion, is a very uh, underrated film. It was yeah, it didn't have a lot like, of hype about it. Yeah, it came out. It didn't make a lot of money. Uh, it was critically acclaimed and audience panned to mediocre. That's so weird. It was such a good movie. People are stupid, Dexter. I, I think the problem with that was that it didn't. I think people were hoping it had more to do with uh, whatever Deckard. Um, shouldn't even have been in it. No, he shouldn't have. It, it, it was fantastic that it was a new movie about a new character. I love. That's why I love that movie. And and I think that's why like these new Star Wars things are doing so well is because like they're they're kind of starting fresh with fresh characters. Um, I mean, that being said, too, I don't know that like because Star Trek is kind of doing that. But I've not I, I've not even bothered to see like Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> no interest. What? No interest. Right. Um, but and that's it. I mean, I don't like original Star Trek either, but. Well, it's because um, it wasn't. Well, yeah, original Star Trek is just it, Gene Roddenberry had a very specific idea for that show. And I don't think 
it was a great idea personally. Oh, well, I mean, it's Gene Roddenberry. He's a godless communist and he was a very, he, he was a very odd man. Yeah. I mean, he created an entire show, futuristic show about pretty much godless communism. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. And I, I feel like it got better, which granted he did start the next generation. He died, I think during the process, during that series, he died but, like the fourth season, I think. He died. Uh, he died right before Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country. Okay, which he was. Uh, he yeah yeah he was very critical of Star Trek V: The Final Frontier. Oh, he didn't. So he stopped having things to do with the movies. What, he, like, had, he had. He uh, had. I mean, Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry didn't write a single Star Trek movie. Well, uh, well, that's uh, yeah yeah okay. I knew that because uh, the movies were more action based. Well, and, uh, and the show is more um, political based. I don't even know if the original show was the original show is kind of horror driven. I mean, they just threw shit in there all the time. Well, it, was, it was pretty. I know he wanted it to be political. He um, wanted it. Yes. And I know he had a lot to say about next gen because the original writers wanted next gen to be more uh, similar to Deep Space Nine became and Voyager. Well, yeah, later Star yeah. Trek where characters always argued with each other and didn't yeah. get along. Roddenberry's like, that's not what my vision is. No, everybody gets along. It's what happens to them uh, being out. Uh, it's it's about interactions with space that causes the, yeah. the problems. And he didn't want people not get, he didn't want uh, the crew not getting along. He didn't think that was something that would still happen. Yeah. And but that's what made the show interesting. Yeah, I mean, everyone pretty much gets along in Next Gen for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's certainly not Spock uh, standing on top of Khan just punching the shit out of him that Into Darkness did. Yeah. Or Kirk and Spock fist fighting all the time, not because Spock has something wrong with him or Kirk has something wrong with him. Yeah. But he, uh, yeah, Roddenberry had a very specific vision, but I know, yeah, he didn't have uh anything to do with the the original cr- crew movies except mm. he had right to refusal and that was a he was the creator of star trek but it, obviously it's it's primarily owned by i think paramount yeah or nbc um but i know uh he has yeah he had right to refusal of mm of stories like he didn't like shatner's original vision of star trek five uh i mean star trek five is the black sheep it's like the most hated star trek movie yeah is that the one where they go looking for god yes and such a bad one (laughs) Uh, you know it's got good ideas i've rewatched it uh maybe i need to rewatch it (laughs) i rewatched it six months ago it's a movie that well it's an ego trip uh when the show was out uh shatner had the exact same had equal rights deal Mm-hmm. Uh, to Nimoy, so if Nimoy, they had equal pay and they had equal creativity. So if hmm. Nimoy directed a Star Trek movie, Shatner was allowed to. Oh, and uh, Nimoy directed Star Trek Three and Star Trek Four. And uh, I think by the time they want to do a fifth one, Shatner refused to do anything unless he was the director, and that also <sighs> gave him uh, the ability to to craft the story. Oh, thanks, and, Shatner. <laughs> yes. And uh, his original idea was, yeah, finding God. And Roddenberry hated the idea. He didn't want God in the show. Yeah. 
That makes and sense. So they had to change a lot of stuff around. And I know the, 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 the movie had a lot of problems. They kept cutting the budget. There was a writer strike. There was uh, the film drivers strike where it was like the truck drivers that do all the stuff for it. Okay. Uh, a lot of problems happened with that movie, but there's some solid ideas about it. I know one of Shatner's big ideas, and this isn't surprising, is he wanted everyone to turn against Kirk. He wanted it to be Kirk the movie. Mm. And I know nobody liked that idea. Mm-hmm. So it had a lot of problems, but I, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's mm-hmm. it's. It's certainly a movie where a Voyager space probe screams like people when it explodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, I'll have to rewatch it, but I'm not. Oh, it, it's worth watching. I think it's worth watching. I, I don't think it's the worst Star Trek movie ever made, though. That will go to uh, Into Darkness 100%. Yeah, you don't like that movie. I, I and I, I don't sucks. think – I think that that movie could have been – like, I wish they'd gone in a different direction – like, I kind of wish that they'd made Khan a good guy, or at least, get, like, made it maybe more of a redemption story for him. I like, think it I... would have been better if the entire J.J. Abrams trilogy wasn't a, a trilogy where the where it's a villain looking for revenge. Yeah. Every single one of those movies, even the one Abrams didn't do, mm-hmm. is revenge-driven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's funny. I didn't realize that necessarily realize that man that last one was not great either oh really i i didn't care for it, it it's it, my favorite of the three i absolutely <clears throat> loved beyond i feel like star trek has the like a lot of star trek movies have the have the problem of feeling like a long episode and it's just because like the episodes are already an hour long so if you make a two you know if you make a story arc last two episodes you have a movie and oh. so I feel like a lot of the movies just feel like a long episode. Which I'm the okay only... with because that's the format of I it. suppose. But like um, – well, First Contact felt like a movie. And yeah. uh, Into Darkness kind of felt like a movie. Uh, I guess it was Star Trek, the reboot one. Was it, was it just called Star Trek? I don't remember. Yeah, it was just called Star Trek. Tw- like that uh, one felt like a movie. Um, but and, – and maybe that, that helped that it was just like – pretty new like everything was just different and and so like i don't know if like the problem is is just that because it's a tv show because you know then making a movie like it just it, it's kind of hard for my brain to make that transition i guess but like just i don't know for whatever it is like first contact for sure just like felt like a movie to me but then um yeah beyond is it star trek beyond is that what you said yeah star trek beyond um, like that one just felt like a tv show to me yeah I, I, the thing, the thing Which, with this yeah, is I guess that it's fine. I liked it because it felt like a long episode. I mean, yeah, the biggest problem yeah. with Star Trek is is the is like the two parters for the shows are always better than all the movies. But yeah. <laughs> the thing with Star Trek Beyond is everybody has something to do in the movie. Yes. Whereas okay. Into yeah. Darkness was Kirk Spockahura. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, everybody has something to do in the film. Everyone's kind of equal. I mean, Kirk kind of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy kind of take the reins. They're the yeah. main characters, but everybody has something to do. Sulu, uh, Chekhov, Scotty, uh, Ohura—they all have roles. Whereas yeah. in Into Darkness, they no. didn't do anything. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. 
and that was always a problem. Uh, I know, <laughs> I know George Takei hated it though. He hated Star Trek Beyond. Well, he didn't like that they made um, they made Sulu gay. He hated it. He absolutely because, hated it. It backfired. They which, made Sulu gay to honor George Takei, and George and he was Takei just like, That's goes, not what that character is. <laughs> yeah, George Takei is like, just because I'm gay doesn't mean uh, uh, Sulu's gay. Well, and I think his point was that like Sulu was a womanizer, like that. Yeah, he's the last character to be gay. Exactly, and he was so it, pissed I, about that and offended yeah. by it. Right, and it also, and they're like, well, the timeline, and mm. then it brings up the oh, so you're saying gay is a product of uh of uh circumstance? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, they. Uh, and I know. Um, oh, what is it? I know a discussions about that in the CBS Star Trek, where there were rumors of uh, Kirk coming on the show and being bisexual. And I thought Kirk was asked, no. People asked Shatner about it, and I guess Shatner went on Twitter ranting, saying that he's not he's not giving in to clickbait. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I guess, like, I never, I wouldn't doubt that of Kirk, I suppose, but, like, that's not, uh, I guess, historically accurate from the show. Well, the thing is, is I've, I've watched a lot of Star Trek discussions, and to be honest, Kirk is idolized and immortalized as a womanizer, especially with the J.J. Yeah. Abrams. And mm-hmm. people of uh, Star Trek fans have defended and said, but he's not. Yeah. He's not a womanizer in the original show. It was hardcore yeah. emphasized because of Shatner. Shatner uh, being like kind of just stereotyped in that way because mm-hmm. the clips of him with women have always been highlighted, but in yeah. reality, not. I, I know um, Riker was more of a womanizer than Shat- than Kirk. Yeah, Riker was definitely set up as a womanizer, which I always thought was really awkward, and I didn't care for it in the show. Yeah, uh, like it, it just—it was always weird, and I don't know if it was because I was young at the time and I just like didn't understand what was going on, maybe. But I, I just—I never cared for that part of the show. <laughs> There's some episodes I really need, of TNG I really need to go back and watch, but I don't have Netflix or CBS All Access. Um, I watched uh, a sit down of favorite episodes and I know um, a couple episodes like Darmok was one. Oh, Darm. Yeah. That was, oh, that's a good episode. It's like labeled for, as like it's what it is. greatest episodes of all time. And I was like, watching, I was looking up stuff about it today Yeah, for what actually like happens in that episode. Cause I, like not a lot really happens, but it's just a very good episode. That's what I've heard. Uh, very well. The episode where Picard gets captured by um, the uh, Cardassians. Oh, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, that was it was kind of, it kind of set up the Cardassian Bajoran War, yeah. Yeah, and it uh, there are there are there are four lights, or there are two lights. There are four lights, yeah, yeah. or there are five lights, but there's actually four. Yeah, and, but they're they're trying they're breaking him and trying to get him to say the wrong number. Yeah, a, an episode with David Warner playing a Cardassian, which is always awesome. David mm-hmm. Warner's been in so many roles in Star yeah. Trek, but I know they brought in that new uh, captain. Uh, who was Jellico and uh, he's Captain Jellico, and he was the main villain in RoboCop and Total Recall. And okay. he, uh, yeah, um, 
he's instead of portraying a bad guy, he's actually playing a by the books militant commander and he's really good, a captain of the enterprise and he's really good, but I love it that he's at odds with Riker. Riker's kind of a piece of crap in the show. Yeah. Uh, with that. And I, I was seeing clips of it where he tells Deanna Troy to stop dressing like a slut That's and awesome. actually wear a formal uniform. <laughs> and cause she's always wearing these skin tight weird, low cut outfits and uh he 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 tells her to start dressing proper which is oh man i forgot about that yeah that's funny (laughs) yeah yeah there's episodes of uh although like i i watched sit downs and they discuss those episodes and i was always kind of bummed that they always talk about how uh the descent two-parter where hugh came back with a borg army is one of the worst episodes. Mm, and I always yeah. have really good memories of that. I always really liked that, uh, that episode, that two-parter. I don't know that I remember that. Uh, I remember a, a few like weird Borg episodes. Cause uh, didn't lore have like command of some Borgs for a little that's, while. That's what I mean. Yeah. He, that, uh, episode, that was not, yeah, I didn't care for that one, I guess. It's hated. I remember it as a kid. I loved it, but I always loved the Borg episodes. Uh, yeah. And, and there's you... only, uh, there's only five. Yeah, and I always looked forward to the Borg, too, uh, because I like the Hugh episode especially. Um, But that one, yeah, that one was not great. And I've never been a fan of Lore. I always found him to be a really annoying character. The problem Um, with Lore is that he's connected to Data, and Data is one of the most uninteresting characters in Star Trek. (laughs) I see what you're saying, yeah. (laughs) I I, I always liked Data, but I think it was just because I always liked robots. I don't have problems with data. I'm just really uninteresting. And it's a shame that so much of Picard was revolved around. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I like Picard, but uh, I'm not saying I've turned against the Picard, but I see the flaws that a lot of people have with the show. Yeah. And I understand. I mean, it's, it's, created by one of the guys who did, who did the uh the jj abrams trilogy so you know it's it, it's a completely different picard it ignores mm-hmm. uh, we, we did we did three or four yeah, episodes yeah. but and we loved it we loved it mm-hmm. uh and you know it's been six months since it finished and it's uh it, it, i i under i now kind of see where people have problems with the show mm-hmm. uh it is a lot of there's a lot of wasted potential in the show. Yeah, uh, it gets better. I really do. I still love the show, but mm-hmm. yeah, going back and watching old Star Trek, I think one of my favorite things ever is you know Picard is like Data was one of my friends, and his death has always lingered on me. And then there's episodes where Data is look. It's imply it's shown that like it's a fake out, but Data is killed, and it has Picard just going. We're going to need to contact Starfleet to have a replacement officer for data. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't. And I mean, it's not. And the whole thing revolves around how data sacrificed himself to pay to save Picard. He kind of sacrificed himself to save the enterprise. <laughs> well, wasn't it like either he kind of did. Yeah. Which, again, I, I don't remember that movie very good, which is really weird. Because I usually remember movies really well. <laughs> I like that movie a lot. I was looking up clips. Yeah, I need to go back and watch it. I think Tom Hardy did a good job playing Picard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, I remember him being well, or that character being good. I just don't remember what. Like I just don't remember the movie. It's really strange. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to. Do you know what? What? Saw in theaters. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I saw it in the theater. I saw. I saw it with Travis and Ryan back in high school. It came out in I think 2003, 2004. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I didn't see it in high school because I don't know who I would have seen it with because I didn't really have any friends who watched Star Trek. Um. I'm surprised I didn't go watch it with you guys. Yeah, it was weird. I don't even think I had plans that night. I just showed up and uh, oh, okay. hey, we're gonna go see Star Trek. So we drove up to Johnston and saw it. We almost got into a car accident. Oh man. Yeah, because Ryan wasn't paying attention, and then he got pulled over, and he got six hundred dollars in in fines from a cop. Wow. No, he didn't get six hundred dollars fines from a cop. He got uh, well, he got pulled over because his plates were expired, and his plates were. Oh. Like, yeah. Oh man, his plates were like six months expired. Dang. Yeah, when he went to the DOT, he owed like six hundred dollars. Um, this wow. is two thousand four money, people. This is that would have been like like fifteen thousand dollars now. Oh, probably. Uh, I'm trying to see when uh, season two is coming out of, Star- of Picard. COVID killed it. Uh, well, I mean, there's supposed to be a third season coming out, so like, I, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, COVID so killed it, just, and COVID killed the production schedule. Yeah, I think I remember looking this up before. Yeah, okay, they're going to start. I don't know, that's different. I think I remember looking this up, if it's if I'm remembering it right, that they're going to start like in January, or, like as soon as possible, basically. Yeah, I don't even think they got to shoot the inter- the new Enterprise TV show either. Uh, the new Enterprise? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It looks like they're supposed to s- start. Yeah, they were supposed to start this summer. It's just getting pushed back yeah yeah it's oh, that sucks at least we got the mandalorian in <laughs> yeah mandalorian's great it's great i wish that news hadn't spoiled so much shit for it six months ago but it's great what's what do you mean what spoiled it they just kept announcing people showing up in it oh yeah that was too bad because they kept they did it such a good job with the first season not talking they kept about it so much secret and they just they just kept uh um revealing stuff and like it's like, it's like they felt like they needed to prove something it's just like no people like your show shut up <laughs> yeah. yeah they they just wouldn't stop and that was actually a topic that i've been wanting to discuss with our dc thing yeah uh, i don't know if we're ever going to get around to finishing our dc <laughs> we will but who knows yeah, but um i guess I'll, I'll just say my piece on this yeah. uh they can't stop revealing crap about the snyder cut yeah, well, and it sounds like they're Can't doing stop. more filming. Yeah, and that's my problem. This Even isn't a Snyder Cut. Yeah. It's not. You know, the fact that they keep casting more people and bringing in uh, old characters from uh, before it all, it's not the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut, Is if it, it ever existed at one point, which it did, it was an assembly cut of the film. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't good. And that's... Mm. Kind of why Joss Whedon went and did a whole bunch of reshoots and they shot like 30, 40 percent of the film. Uh, it, this isn't that version. This version is over four hours long, which is stupid. It's yeah. broken up into four hour long episodes. But now they've announced uh, Deathstroke is, re- is shooting more scenes. They announced Jared Leto is coming back for more scenes. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm literally going, OK, one this is not that cut anymore. Yeah. Two, 
why are you revealing all this stuff? Well, I think I'm, I'm guessing they're trying to get the interest of people who weren't interested. I don't know who, <laughs> who's going to be more interested in it anymore. Like, who, I don't know who's going to who's going to see this news and go, yeah, I'm going to watch that. Uh, I think you've already gotten your crowd. But yeah, it's. Yeah, the thing is, and I have I talked to Lee about this because you know if, if you listen to our our podcast about D, D, Lee is a diehard DC fan. I think he's 100% biased and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter what how bad it's going to be, he's going to love it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he's happy that it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing about this is, is I kind of have my own theory of why we're getting this version. Originally, they talked about how, oh, it's something to get out COVID. COVID's been on going on since the start of the year. Oh, it this should have been out by now, yeah. Yeah, this thing's not coming out until next year. Here's my theory. Uh, Game of Thrones ended, and HBO took a plunge. Oh, is this going to be on HBO? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, that explains it. And Game of Thrones ended, and it just took a dump. Anytime yeah. a show ends as popular, like Mandalorian, Disney Plus took a dump when Mandalorian season one ended. Yeah. Uh, but HBO, uh, their other big show that they had at, uh, that just ended was Westworld. But Westworld was mm-hmm. not Game of Thrones popular. No. And my theory is they're making this version of Justice League for uh, memberships, for subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And it very much feels that way because Warner has been dumping everything on their HBO Max service. They've been dumping Comedy Central shows. They've been dumping mm. uh, Cartoon Network and Adult Swim shows. Mm. And it feels more and more that the whole reason this thing is being created is they had this this dumpster fire version of of Justice League Mm-hmm. And they're looking at the analytics. They're looking at uh, the views of people wanting it. They're looking at tweets. They're looking at retweets. They're looking at favorites. Uh, and they're looking and going, people want this. We have it. What can we do with it? Oh, yeah. we can dump it on HBO Max and try and pump our subscriptions. And I guarantee having Snyder post tweets about possibly making this releasing that first trailer they're looking at the analytics they're looking at the views they're looking at the comments they're looking at the likes button on youtube yeah that thing is is a valuable source i guess yeah and they're looking and going here's all these things that are happening let's base our budget into putting in this into this show and it's yeah. not just a movie but right. yeah there's no Re- there's i mean i have a theory and i'm wondering because originally justice league was supposed to be a two-parter film we talked about that in our podcast oh, should have been uh this thing is four hours long yeah well it's two-parter it's got to be the original idea for that two-parter yeah which i hope so i guess i mean hopefully then it's a good movie we'll i see. don't it's going i don't know if it's going to be good but oh, yeah i'm sure we'll get around to watching it and discussing it but uh, I don't understand. I, and I guarantee they're they're looking at that Joss Whedon, Zack Snyder version that was and they're looking and they're digging and digging and cross examining and cutting that thing with a scalpel uh, at figuring out what people hated. Yeah. 
Well, I think it'll be interesting too to see. Like, are are they completely rebooting the DCEU, or like, are we? Does that even exist anymore? It exists. I mean, there's okay. actors who. I mean, Wonder Woman's still played by Gal Gadot. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman is still played by uh, uh, Jace Momoa. Ben Affleck is gonna be in the Flash movie. But then, okay, so, but then, like, we're getting all these, like, weird what-if movies then, I guess, because, like, the Joker is completely out of canon. Yeah, it's an Elseworlds movie, uh, I guess, if that's how you call it. Yeah, and then whatever whatever this Batman movie is that's coming out, too, like... Standalone, yeah, it's not even a... Yeah, yeah they're just doing, like, these weird standalones. It's just, I don't it's know. Weird. Like, it's weird. It would be almost... As long as the standalones are good, sure. It would be kind of like if we got some weird, uh, well, I mean, it's not the same, but, you know, Sony's doing their own thing with their own Spider-Man characters with, like, say, Venom and Morbius. Those are not MCU films, and they have to stress that. I forgot about Morbius. Is that still coming out? Yeah, we got a trailer for it. It got delayed due to COVID, but what happened delayed due to COVID? Right, which I guess I just, I've completely forgotten about it. And Michael Keaton's in that too. And Morbius? Yeah, Rumor Zari's playing uh, Adrian Toomes. Interesting. Yep. Huh. Yeah. I, he'd be uh, a good. He'd be a good. He'd be a good Toomes. Oh well, he played the Vulture in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Well, then there's that problem. <laughs> that's the thing is that it's Michael Keaton reprising his role as the Vulture apparently. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Because Sony can do what they want. Like, they can yeah. do it ex- at whatever they want. I mean, and that's kind of the weirdest thing is that Marvel said Venom is not an MCU character. There's nothing stopping Sony from saying, well, he's going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. Oh, wait. I was confused about who Adrian Toomes was. I'm sorry. Oh, Vulture. Michael yeah, Pete. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I thought uh, – isn't his name Tombstone? Yeah, Tombstone. Maybe? Yeah, the that's, – That's a different character. Gangster, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that's who you meant, which no. I think – I think uh, he he would be a great tombstone, but that's a, yeah, sixty five years old. Tombstone is uh, he he's dead, isn't he? No, tombstone's a black guy with a skin con- with an albino skin condition. Well, but he has like no nose, doesn't he? He's got like a pig nose. Uh, okay, well, yeah, no, tombstone <laughs> is a. He's a black dude with, that was an albino, but he was like a mobster, like the kingpin. Yeah. But, has, but he's uh, like indestructible, isn't he? He's got diamond tough skin. Right. Yeah. Okay. Except for his eyes, apparently. Apparently his eyes are normal. But yeah, he's got he's got Luke Cage <laughs> uh, powers, essentially. Okay. Okay. And uh, but yeah, um, that's uh, that's one thing. Like if if. If Sony wants to do something, they can. And that's why I'm kind of yeah. wondering if maybe Venom might be in Spider-Man 3, especially considering oh, that man. apparently everybody's in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I'm – they haven't really said much about it, Spider-Man 3, have they? The only rumor is that Jamie Foxx is in it as Electro. I hope not. No, that's confirmed. Uh that's one hundred percent confirmed. Jamie Foxx is Electro in this movie, and Benedict Cumberbottom <laughs> is playing Doctor Strange. Benedict Cumberbottom. <laughs> oh, I'm <It's>, tired. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's. But yeah, thank and unfortunately, social media has made rumors and misinformation so confusing. Where there's apparently rumors that Kirsten Dunst is going oh. to be in this movie. <laughs> 
there's rumors that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in this. Like, just as weird cameos? There's rumors this is going to be a multi... Uh, is going to be a spider uh, no, film. No, no. I'm not kidding. It's so difficult. It's so Ugh. difficult. Every day, a new character. There's rumors that Emma Stone could be in it as Gwen Stacy. Ugh. I'm not joking. The only thing yeah, that is 100% yeah. confirmed, though, is Jamie Foxx's Electro. But he will, not, he will not look like Amazing Spider-Man Electro. Oh, good. They confirmed that, at least. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Jamie, if it's going to be... I don't know if he's playing Amazing's version of Electro, or if they are just maybe doing what they did with J.K. Simmons, where he is just playing uh, the MCU version of Electro. Yeah, I hope it's a different version. I guess it, I kind of do too. I don't. I don't. I, I God. I love Amazing Spider-Man too, but it's really hard not to get over the fact that the supervillain has disabilities. Yeah, yeah. That is one thing. People hated Amazing Spider-Man for so many reasons. I love that movie except for that aspect, and it's like, what were you thinking? Yeah. I know my biggest problem was that they quilt, they quilt, they killed Gwen Stacy. Like, I think I was just wishing that they would do something different and not do that. I wish they hadn't killed Gwen Stacy either, but that's mainly just because I am a big Gwen Stacy fan, but yeah. it gave me the reaction that they wanted, which I did cry. And yeah, I did cry when she died because guess what? Gwen Stacy again is one of my favorite comic book female characters. Yeah. I, I never want to see her die. That said, I don't like spider Gwen. Yeah. Because it's not Gwen Stacy. No, it's not. It's no, it's, not. it's a completely different version of the character because she's like she acts different. It's not yeah, the same. She's, got, it's, she's Gwen Stacy by blonde hair and name. And that's it. It's not Gwen yeah. Stacy. It's a, that, yeah. That's kind of my problem I have with a lot of MCU Spider-Man characters in general. In, yeah. uh, MJ is not Mary Jane. Uh, the kid, the Flash Thompson. That's not Flash. That's no. not Ned Leeds. That wasn't Liz Allen, and I'm not saying that because of their skin tones. That is one thing about it, where they just kind of turned everyone's uh, ethnicity around. But their character isn't that either, and that's and I'm okay when you're wanting to change a person's character to an extent. But when Peter Parker is identical, it's kind of difficult. Not to look at that. I mean, Nick Fury yeah. is played by Samuel Jackson, a black person, but he is still 100 percent faithful in characterization of Nick Fury. Right. Yeah. And that's the problem where Flash Thompson is a jock who's a bully of Spider-Man that becomes Peter's one of Peter's best friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That kid from a Wes Anderson film is not Flash Thompson. You know? <laughs> kid from a Wes Anderson yeah, I know he's in yeah. one of the Wes Anderson films. Uh, oh, yes, I didn't know. Um, I like the actress who plays MJ, mm-hmm. but that's not MJ. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they haven't done Gwen Stacy. I wish they would have because I always yeah. went Yeah, I always over. thought that was weird that they never brought her into these movies. I, I, I do love the actors who are playing them, but mm-hmm. I just don't like the character performances. Like Ned Leeds... That's Genki from Ultimate Spider-Man. That's not Ned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I mean, my ideal Spider-Man 3 is Norman Osborn. You, the MCU can make faithful interpretations of characters. Please 
please a third for a third time try and be a faithful Green Goblin. Yeah, that's an. I always I thought that was interesting too that they didn't, they haven't even touched the Green Goblin. I think they Which, haven't touched the Green Goblin because of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, they, that was so bad. It was so bad. Even I can't. <laughs> even I can't defend that. Uh, and they had Chris Cooper play a Norman who died in the movie, and it's like that's a good casting of Norman, and he's in one scene and dies. Uh, I think if you're gonna pull anybody out of previous Spider-Man movies. Can we please get Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn again, at least? Yeah. Well, oh, we did get John Jonah, didn't we? It's the same. Uh, we, it's, got uh, we got J. It's yeah, we got J.K. Simmons. Yeah, which a weird like because he's bald, isn't he? They didn't do anything but give him a mustache. I was yeah. so disappointed when I saw it. I was so bummed because Sam Raimi's J. Jonah is straight out of the comics, oh, even so down odd. to the weird, stupid Hitler mustache. Yeah, and I just like I couldn't place it. Like when I saw it, I was just like, something's wrong. I can't place it. And then you said like, you, oh I you told, yeah, I was like, oh that's it. He look he, he looks like J.K. Simmons. He doesn't look like John Jonah Jameson. No, and he sounds just like it. And he's talking about Spider Man being a menace. And yeah. Yeah. that said, I guess recently I did rewatch Spider Man Far From Home. I still hate that movie very much. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I still really don't like that movie. I, I rewatched it and I just went. I, that movie came out a year and a half ago. You and I mm-hmm. saw it. I yep. wasn't a fan of it. Mm-hmm. I bought it because I have a problem and <laughs> I did rewatch it. And I'm just sitting there going, yeah, this movie's not very good still to me, which is sad because Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. <laughs> That was a weird movie, though, just because of, like, when it came out in context of the other MCU movies. We didn't like, get a breather. We got a smaller movie, thankfully, but we just, didn't get a breather. We haven't, yeah. like, like COVID's killed the MCU for the time being. We were supposed yeah. to get two or three Marvel movies this year. Yeah. And we didn't get any. And Honestly, I think it's kind of nice. <laughs> I, yes, I've said it a numerous times to people that it's kind of nice to get a comic book breather because we were supposed to yeah. get the Black Widow movie, which I was interested in. Yeah, um, looks good. And we were supposed to get the Eternals movie. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I didn't give two shits about Guardians until I saw it, so um, yeah, exactly. I'm holding out judgment. Yeah. I know, so, uh, speaking of that, we supposed to get though, Venom 2, and we didn't get Venom 2. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. We're supposed to get Venom, let there be carnage. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a, I mean, I'm excited, but... I don't know. I've never been a fan of Carnage. Like he's just he's the character is too intense. He it's is. Kind of like, I don't like Superman for the same reason. Like he's just they're like too powerful. Him. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Carnage is too powerful, but he's just he's just insanity. Like, and he's too insane. Like he's well, too like I don't know. I am all for Venom. Let there be Carnage. I did rewatch Venom a few weeks ago, and I yeah. still love that movie. It is a good uh, movie. I bought the Venom action figure that came out because getting a Marvel Legends of a non-MCU-owned character uh, is pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even consider that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, they don't don't make toys of uh, of stuff. Well, they did for Spider-Man Homecoming and stuff, but that was MCU. But, yeah, they don't touch that stuff. And so to get a... To get a a Tom Hardy Venom was pretty awesome, and that's why I got it. But... um, I'm excited for it, even though I, I, I think the director of the movie would have been a better Cletus Cassidy. Uh, why don't? Yeah, I don't think what's his face is a good Cletus. 
I Woody Harrelson has so much range. I'm sure he'll do a good job. Yeah. But when I think Cletus Cassidy, I do look and go, I think Andy Serkis would be a really good Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, he would have been. Instead, he's directing it. But so I, I think. Oh yeah, I forgot he's the director. That's what I mean by I think the director would have been a better Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah. But instead, he's uh, he's Alfred. <laughs> Which I still can't wait to see. <laughs> I just want one portrayal of Alfred to look faithful to Batman the comics. Right? Oh, I don't know that we've ever had a good. No, no, no. Uh, Alfred in like the really old Batman movie, the what probably the Michael Keaton Alfred. That was a decent Alfred. I yeah, I think he's good, but I want one that looks like the comic book. Like just tall, skinny, and bald. Tall, skinny, bl- uh, bald with a crown and yeah. a little thin mustache. And I'm gonna say it again, I want Stanley Tucci to play Alfred so much. Oh, he is perfect. Yeah, he's perfect. Just give him a little mustache, and he looks like Alfred, even though he's American. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter because Batman continues to be played by British people right. um, and he can do accents. Stanley Tucci oh, has man. range. He played the guy who created Captain America. <laughs> yeah. No, Stanley Tucci would be perfect for oh. perfect Alfred. He would. He looks like Alfred. And he's just such like a nice guy. That, and that's what Alfred's supposed to be. Yes. And he and you know what? As crappy as those movies are, he is awesome in the Transformer movies. Stanley Tucci? Yeah, he's in the fifth one. And then oh. he plays Merlin in the sixth one. Wait, mm. no, he's in the fourth one, and he plays Merlin in the fifth one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I've not seen those. So. It's not great, but... Uh, <laughs> um, Stanley Tucci's great. He's great in he everything he does. He's even good in The Hunger Games, and those movies are terrible. Yeah, well, uh, if you follow him on, I think it's Instagram, uh, like ever since COVID has started... He's been doing, uh, like, uh, his stories have been him, like, teaching you how to make mixed drinks. <laughs> it's it's just delightful. <laughs> I don't follow any big celebrities on Instagram. so uh, He's a good up. one. <laughs> like, it's think. just like him in his kitchen. He's just like, we're going to make uh, an old-fashioned today. <laughs> he just, like, makes it. I think his wife does the filming, like, holding the camera or the phone. It's It's just a delight. He's such a nice guy. It's certainly better than what celebrities did during quarantine, so that's nice. Um, yeah. I think the only celebrity that I follow is Lena Hetty and Rahul Cooley. I don't know who those people are. Lena Hetty, she was uh, she was in Game of Thrones. She was in 300. Uh, she was in the Dread movie. She She's a wonderful actress. Uh, she played Sarah okay. Connor in the TV show for Terminator. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Rahul Cooley is uh, – he was in iZombie. He played the doctor or the mortician. Um, he was in, been in a bunch of fun house and he's starring in a show on Netflix, their haunting trilogy. So, uh, mm. he's great. He's great. He's a big gamer too. He's a big star Wars nerd. Interesting. Oh, um, I guess with, uh, wrapping it up and stuff, I guess the other yeah. thing is I bought <laughs> a bunch of books, so I'm going to be doing some reading. Oh, what kind of books? Like uh, fiction? hold on one second. I'm getting some static. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I let me see. Uh, I bought. Uh, what did I buy? Uh, I, I cashed in a bunch of gift cards from work. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I can't, there's not many options on mm-hmm. the gift cards thing. There's a lot of things. Oh, there's there's hun, there's over a hundred options, but none of them are 
my appeal. Yeah, yeah. So I used Apple cards, mm-hmm. and I picked up uh, John W. Campbell's Who Goes There? It's a short little novella. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I picked it. up From Hell, uh, Frozen Hell, which is an alternative to uh, Who Goes There? Who Goes There is the original book toward to The Thing. It's the, okay, okay. It's, uh, it's the book uh, that The Thing was adapted from. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, and it's only like 100 pages. And then I think the Frozen Hell is kind of a sequel alternative. Mm. Is a couple is less than 200 pages, so they're quick reads. Yeah. And I picked up the audiobook for uh, Peter Benchley's Jaws, so I'm finally going to be able oh. to. Huh. I'm finally going to be. I got the audiobook just because uh, I love audiobooks, so I'm finally yeah. going to be able to um, see the Jaws novel. Yeah. That was, the thing yeah. is, is that the Jaws novel is not based on the movie. The movie is based on the book. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I would hope so. Yeah, so I'm finally going to be able to delve into that. Um, I don't. I love audiobooks, but I don't have that many because they are kind of expensive. Yeah, um, we had Audible for a while. Uh, I know my wife likes it, but and I've gotten I've gotten a couple books through it. I don't know how much it costs though. I think we usually ask for it like a, like as a Christmas twenty present. bucks a month or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, that's a little pricey. You get two or three books though a month. Yeah, well, it's like a credit system. Like you get yeah. so many credits, but uh, and I, I love audiobooks though. So um, as do I, I. And I usually get like the thicker books that I have. A, like I have a hard time focusing on a book for too long. Um, and so I know one book that we got as an audiobook, and it's a long book. Is um, I can't think of what it's called. Leviathan Wakes. Okay. It's uh, it's the TV show The Expanse. Oh, okay. Is based on it. So it's like, it's, it's a lot of politics really. Like it's the brink of a war between, uh, Mars, like the colony on Mars, the colony and the asteroid belt and earth. Um, and then something weird happens. <laughs> is the best I have a, say it. It's a very I, good I, book. I do love books, but I have pretty bad dyslexia. So yeah, yeah. it's a little rough sometimes, mm-hmm. but my favorite book of all time is world war Z and I read yeah. it every year. Uh, I have the audiobook. There's two versions. There's the audiobook that originally came out, and mm. then there's the unabridged one. Yeah. I think it's like 12 hours long, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. Uh, if nobody's read World War Z, that is going to be my biggest recommendation. Uh, though, fair warning, it's kind of scary with what's <laughs> going on right now with COVID. Oh. <laughs> there yeah. are straight up – dude, that book came out in 2006. Yeah. There are straight up chapters of stuff that has happened yeah in uh with covid where yeah. they're talking to people who worked at the white house and they discuss how they underplayed it they oh. didn't prioritize it they didn't take the threat serious yeah. um stuff like that or how people reacted where they did they ignored the problem yeah it is kind of terrifying and i remember i looked up max brooks the author mel brooks's son and oh. People asked him, is it kind of scary that a lot of things that happened in World War Z ended up happening with COVID? And Max Brooks goes, I don't like thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't like thinking about it. People think I was prolific or uh, prophetic with it. I wasn't. Yeah. Um, it was just, It's an extremely intelligent book. It took like – I think it took him like six years to write it because he wanted to make it as accurate to how the world would react as possible. Yeah. Even, well. I mean COVID's one thing uh, uh, and zombies are another the um the it, it's just it's really creepy how 
at how kind of things actually happened with COVID and what happened in this book dealing with a pandemic Yeah, where it's honestly scary. Yeah. Uh, But I do recommend it. Uh, I have wanted to get one audio book, but it's a bit intimidating. Mm -hmm. It's expensive too. I think it's like 20 or $30 and um, it's intimidating. You'll understand when I say it, it's Stephen King's it. Oh yeah. It's like 24 (laughs) hours long. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that was that long of a book. Stephen King, that's just how he writes. Like he just, yeah, he writes long. Stop. He just keeps writing, writing. He doesn't do, I'm sure he does some form of outline, but he just writes. Yeah. But like, and I've not read a ton of Stephen King, but the few that like the few book, um, I've read a couple of the, um, gunslinger, oh, the dark, not, the, oh, the dark, tower. dark tower books. Yeah. And like, there's like in the gun in the first gunslinger, no, the second gunslinger, uh, the drawing of the three, I think it's called. Um, there's a whole chapter about like just one whole chapter about a guy. Like he's introduced in that chapter, literally first page of the next chapter, that guy dies. It's just like, why did you devote an entire chapter to this guy? <laughs> like, I'm 100% okay with that. It it was interesting, I guess. It's just like it just it was just very strange. I guess I don't know. I'm I'm okay with that because that's life. I suppose so. Yeah. In certain that's a good ways. Um. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, is that uh the fiction and literature that I um I'm into is very mm-hmm. realistic in that sense. Uh, I've mm-hmm. talked up and down how much I love The Walking Dead, and yeah. I'm I'm talking about the comic. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that is. That is life where yeah. you do, you delve so much time into a character uh-huh. and you turn the page and they're dead. Yeah, yeah. And mm. there's chances that that character's name will never be mentioned again. Yeah. That did happen where I think it was in the 40s or 30s issues, like like four or five years in The Walking Dead, uh-huh. where an attack happens and a dozen characters are killed. Wow. Main characters? Yeah, yeah. Their names are never mentioned again. Huh. And that's just that's just how it happens. Yeah. And that's life. And so I'm okay with yeah. stuff like that happening. I can understand if you're if you're more looking for traditional storytelling. Yeah. Um you could be turned off by that. And then granted know. with yeah. Stephen King, it's very possible that my point of view is not the view he was going for and that he's just kind of a yeah, he's a very sporadic writer, and he is. He's one hundred percent. I'm sure he had a reason for ha- doing that. In uh, I'm sure if I went back and kind of analyzed it, I could probably find that reason. It was just I remember just when it happened, just being very like, well, it's weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, one thing too is we're coming up on two hours now. We're we're uh, done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> um, not to cut it short or anything because this is not short but no. i have been looking at the time frame and i'm going oh man it felt like we were getting into such deep topics at 30 minutes yeah and it's like oh we probably won't be going this long we, we and then now be, we're at two hours <laughs> yeah we could probably be talking for a little while longer um but no it's uh uh I, yeah i enjoy talking but it's always a pleasure too yeah, so I guess wrapping things up, uh, you can find us on the internet. Just go to recordinglivepodcast.com. You can links to there to everything. Uh, I'm tired of remembering it all. Um, <laughs> no, no, we've done this for six, over six months now. Uh, you guys know where to find us. I think our primary stuff is if you want to talk to us, just go to our our, uh, our recording live media. And, yep. uh, but, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, we should wrap things up. But, uh, all right, well, yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening.